Good morning. How are we doing today? Awesome. What's up, Navarre? How are we doing, Navarre? Big shout out to Navarre. Man, we are so glad that all you guys are here. And I want to start off, instead of jumping right into the message, I want to jump into this card. I think you got one. Would you pull it out real quick? Did you get one? Is there one on the seat or you got one when you came in? Is that right? No. Okay, somebody's fired. I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. I'm just joking. Nobody's fired. No Donald Trump. Hey, you're going to get one of these cards. How about that? Let's give it up for the host team. Would you give them a hand? Awesome. Awesome. If they will go ahead and pass these out, that will be great. Here's the deal. I, I think the word is Easter is around the corner. How many of you guys are excited about Easter? I'm not buying it. I'm not. I said, how many of y'all are excited about Easter? Come on. Man, you guys realize Easter is about Jesus' resurrection, right? Like Jesus is alive. Like Good Friday was good, but Resurrection Day was better. It was way better. And so because he lives, I have life. And because he lives, you have life. And so Easter changes everything. And we need you to get in the game. If you serve, listen, I was at Navarre this morning. So thankful for every one of the volunteers at Navarre as well as here in Gulf Breeze. You get up before the sun gets up. You get here and you take a high school and a middle school and you make it a house where God's presence shows up. Isn't that awesome? I want to say thank you to you. If you serve this morning, would you stand up all over the house? In Navarre, would you stand up? Look at this. Would you all stand up all over? Phenomenal. Thank you guys so much. Listen, guys, I mean it from my heart. We cannot do this without you. We cannot do this without you. People's lives don't change when they go to Walmart. Or Publix, or when they go to AT&T, or when they go to a restaurant, their life doesn't change. Life is normal. But when they enter the presence of God, everything changes. And, and we need you to get in the game. Navarre, we need you to get in the game. Gulf Breeze, we need you to get in the game. If you're not on a serve team, I want to encourage you right now. You got this card? I want to encourage you to get in the game. We're going to need you. For Easter. And we're going to need you after Easter is the truth. So it's kind of like the book I read when I was a little kid. What, what was that? Was that the Little Red Hen? Wasn't it the Little Red Hen? Little Red Hen did a whole lot of work. Wasn't it that one? Is that the right story? Jimmy, we're old. Do you remember the Little Red Hen? I was just kidding. I was just teasing. But the Little Red Hen did all the work, right? And everybody else kind of wanted in on it. Listen, um, this is not that. Momentum Church is not that. Mo- Momentum Church is... Uh, where everybody comes together and makes this thing happen. And we need you. And maybe you're out there and it's not that you like, I don't want to serve. I'm not going to serve. You want to serve. You don't know how to serve. So we're doing this card to get you connected. And uh, we can get you connected right now before Easter. So look at it real quick. Get in the game. All the places right there where you can get in the game. Listen, you realize when you get to heaven, the only thing that lasts is what you did for Christ. Everything else is gone. So I don't want to get to heaven and not done anything for Christ. I want to get to heaven and be like, man, but you just seen the wheels, man. I'm telling you, man, the wheels, it gave me the chills. No, the wheels ain't going to matter in heaven. 
It got real quiet, real quick. Now, the wrong with the wills, wills just gonna, ain't going to show up in heaven. What's going to happen is in heaven, what we did for Jesus is going to be what matters. And what you do for him lasts for eternity, and it doesn't rust, doesn't corrupt. It's the deal. So let's, uh, let's get in the game. Live to serve. We believe this at Momentum. Save people, serve people. Save people, serve people. Would you say that with me real quick? Saved people, serve people. All right? Now, there's a you in excuse. In every word, in every excuse, the letter U is always right in there. I got that one from Vanessa. Thank you, Vanessa. And I used it this morning. It was fresh. All right? So every time you use an excuse, well, I would. But listen, there are people that were here this morning, people in Navarre this morning, that could have used 100 excuses, except for they love Jesus. And so they didn't have an excuse. They just got in the game. Don't let a little excuse keep you from a blessing. Somebody say amen. Amen. Someone say amen. Amen. All right, I'm fired up today. I've had no caffeine. I've had no food, but I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm ready to go. On the back side of the card, I want you to fill this out. This is huge. I want you to tell us top two teams that you're interested in. Those would come from the front. Put them on the back. Top two teams. And then at the... Then you can choose Gulf Breeze, What Gathering, and Navarre. If you don't know, welcome to the show. Coming Easter, we're going to three gatherings here, 830, 10, and 1130. And Navarre is going to be at 10 and 1130. And I'm excited about that. David Letterman can do it, right? I'm going to do it. That was fun. I always wanted to do that. All right, so we got we to gotta go. We got some ground to cover today. And we're going to finish this series we're going to finish this series, Fatal Attraction. We talked about porn. We said porn will leave you torn, right? Then we moved from that. Then we talked about sex. We talked about the marriage bed, how that the marriage bed is honorable, that this is what God created. This is what God ordained. We said that sex is supposed to be in the marriage bed. We defined marriage as biblical marriage, what God ordained. You know, and I understand people get pushed back and well, but it's 2015. And, you know, we're not going to impeach God. We're not going to change his word. He sits above the heavens. I only get above the clouds with Delta. I only get above the clouds with the one and only anyone want to shout out the airline. Uh, what is it? Delta. The Southwest. Right? Right? That's the only time I get above the clouds with Delta or Southwest. But he sits above the heavens. And so we don't change his word. We don't add to it. We don't come to the Bible like it's a buffet and say, I like that. I, like, I don't like that. I'm not eating that today. But I want, where's the dessert? So you don't do that with the Bible. This is the very word of God. Let God be true in every man. A liar. This is the infallible, inerrant word of the living God. Some of you say, ah, men wrote it. We'll get to that. But uh, you can rest assured, um, this is God's word. It's his love letter. It's his truth to you and me. Now, we talked about porn. We talked about sex. We said sex before marriage is wrong. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the who, the they. Doesn't matter. Sex before marriage is wrong. We said that sex is for marriage. Someone say, for marriage. It's not for boyfriend and girlfriend. That's right. It's not, for, it's not for middle schoolers. It's not for high schoolers. It's not for college students. It's not even for people that are engaged. God says sex is for the marriage bed. That's what sex is for. And if you get sex wrong, 
It's going to trap you. It's going to ensnare you. It's going to mess you up. So thank God there's forgiveness with him. Amen. Thank God for grace. Because how many know there's no perfect people allowed, including me? Thank God. But, but this one hurts yourself. When you get sex wrong, you damage your own self. Proverbs says that. When you, when you err on the side of sex, what happens is you really err. You mess up big time because it, it boomerangs and it hurts you. And, and then sex isn't to be like outside on the other side. Yeah, like I got married, but she's not all that. She's gained weight. He's gained weight. He got a pot belly. He used to have a chest. Now it's just going down to his drawers. You know, that's, that's, not, the, that's not the deal. So, you know, if she was, if she, if he was all that, you know, and this sweet thing, no, 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 no. It's for marriage. Someone say for marriage. Okay. So we talked about sex thing and then we talked about adultery and we said this, we said adultery will bring a snare An affair will bring a snare. It will hurt you and Satan will lie to you on the front side and he will make it all look like a bed of roses. But when you crawl in, you realize or maybe you realize getting out of bed, it was nothing but a bed of thorns. It's almost like taking a mouthful of gravel and chewing it. Not going to go well. Are you with, with me? My buddy Pat um, told me this. Uh, I hope I get it right, Pat. But it's pretty much like this guy died. And he's going to decide if he's going to go to heaven or hell. And so he gets on the elevator. I mean, right? He gets on the elevator and he goes up to heaven. There's angels. The angels are playing on their harps, which I'm not even sure that's where in the Bible, but they're playing on their harps and, and, and they're floating on the clouds and they're doing all this thing. And then he goes down to the H and he hits the H and he goes down. That doesn't stand for Hilton. It stood for hell. And, and he gets all the way down to hell and the door is open and man, music is blaring there. His friends are there. It's a party. I mean, it's just awesome. Right, Pat? It's just phenomenal. I mean, man, unbelievable. Awesome. Everyone having a blast. And then he's got to decide, do I want to go to heaven and spend eternity in heaven or eternity in hell? And so I guess he's talking to an angel on there. An angel says, where are you going to go? And he says, you know, you know, heaven looked beautiful, but man, hell is a party. I'm going to the party. Are you sure? Yes. Is that your final answer? Yes. You're positive. Yes. One more time. Last time, are you positive? Yeah, I want to go to hell. So he hits the H, they go back to hell, and all of a sudden, the doors open, and there's nothing but flames and fire, and Satan on the other side, and he says, welcome to hell. And he says, no, 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 this isn't what I, no, 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 it was a party. And Satan said, no, 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 that was sales, this is operations. That's what adultery is like. Because Satan loves the sales side. And he make it look so good. I mean, it's the sweetest sin. I mean, just, just one touch from her, from him, oh, the sweetest sin. And it's nothing more than sales. It's a lie. That's why he's called the father of all lies. We're going to talk today about how to repair the affair. How to repair the affair. I hope you take notes. Hopefully you won't need them, but you might. And when you need them, you will need them. 
hopefully you're here. And by the way, you know there are people that they're more than it's more than just you that's here with us with a secret this morning. You know, we all carry secrets, don't we? Maybe you're here and you're right headed into an affair. You're in the middle of the affair. Navar, maybe you're coming out of an affair and you're realizing it was sales. What sold you, but it's really operations that bit you. And it's not all that. And all of a sudden, all the money you had and all that stuff is gone. You're trying to figure out how to rebound. I want to help you today. When we started the series, I told everybody, I told everyone that my goal was to help people, to help you prevent an affair or to help you recover from an affair. And so today I'm going to stay on task. I'm going to do some quick review. I want you to take notes. Maybe you know someone that they're going through this right now. Maybe someone right now, you know, they're looking at hell and it looks like the party. They're looking at adultery and this is like all that in a bag of chips. And yet, you know, what's on the other side. Here's some truth. Truth sets us free. The truth is that there are some people that are better at seducing than some are at resisting. That was Proverbs chapter 7. Did you read the scripture with a song? Did you read the scripture? She caught him. She kissed him. By the way, she said things to him. Here's what's interesting to me. Um, There was physical touch and words of affirmation. If you know anything about the five love languages, most guys have those two. And what did she do? She appealed to his love language. She spoke to him. Admiration. She gave him admiration. She grabbed him and kissed him. She said, my husband's not home. Let's... He knew, and yet he couldn't resist. Why? Because he had gone through. He'd taken the two steps through the doors we talked about last week. She had confessed her feelings, and he already had feelings for her. That's why he was hanging out in front of her house. If you don't want to fall, don't get near the edge. Everybody with me this morning? How do do you repair? What do you do, Tim, if you've had an affair? What do you do if you've had an affair in your marriage and she doesn't know and he doesn't know or they do know and they're mad as I'll get out and you're smiling today, but you know as soon as you get back in the car, it's on. How do you get that thing, that grudge, that unforgiveness that's held over you night and day? How do you get that removed? How do you recover? How do you do that? We're going to talk about it today. We said, review here, we said adultery occurs in the head long before it occurs in the bed. And and basically, an affair, affairs are a fantasy relationship. They're they're not real. In other words, they're fantasy and they're fake. Adultery doesn't last. It It doesn't work out. Most people that have an affair, that affair, they realize, is a snare. It doesn't even last doesn't even last four types of couples we said there are satisfied and successful couples here and so this is a word to you it's a word to the wise Proverbs says walk with the wise and you become wise so today wisdom is shouting is screaming wisdom is whispering and it's trying to get our attention and say stay away there's those couples satisfied and successful you've never had an affair and hope to God you you hope you never have one But the good news is you're living a life. You have guardrails and you're protecting yourself so you don't have one. Number two, there are people here today, and and this probably be a lot of us, that you're being tempted. You are being tempted. I mean, the truth is you spend more time at work with him or more time at work with her than you do your spouse. 
in your house. And you're communicating with him at work. You're communicating with her at work. But when you go home with your spouse in the house, it, there's no communication. It's, it's quiet as a mouse. I worked real hard on that. That wasn't the response I was hoping to get. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, and it's not funny. Some of you are trapped, and, and today you need to hear. And last week we began to talk about how there is hope and there is healing in the name of Jesus. There is no problem. The, the, the verse me and my son and Jacob memorized on the way to church today, uh, Zephaniah, we memorized this verse that says that God will never leave. The Lord your God is with you. He will never leave you. He is mighty to save. Listen, if you are caught in adultery or not caught, you haven't been found out and you haven't fessed up yet and but you're caught in your sin and it's like the tar baby it looked all cool until you got in and all of a sudden now you're stuck and the harder you're trying to pull away the more you find yourself wanting to stay then what happens is jesus comes in and changes everything so what i would say to you today for the hope and the healing is just lose everything about yourself and embrace everything about him because you don't have the power within to keep yourself from sin. But Jesus has conquered sin. And he's mighty to save. Some of you are trapped. Good news is Jesus is the key that can unlock the door and get you out. And then there are people here today. You're trying to recover. It's kind of like turbulence in an airplane. And you're doing okay. You're back. He's back at the house. She's back at the house. But you're hitting some of these every once in a while and calling on the name of God. Like, God! Like, help me, God! Lord! And so today, I want to help you. We talked about how an affair begins. Step one was when both people admit to having mutual feelings. And step two, then you start complaining about your spouse. When you enter, when you take those two steps, you will go from emotional adultery to physical adultery. It's inevitable. Someone say inevitable. It's going to happen. David and Bathsheba. Bathsheba's taking a bath. David is looking at her. David sends someone to tell her, King David thinks you're hot. Will you show up in his bedroom? Check the box, yes or no. The problem with Bathsheba was she was married. That's called adultery. One of the Ten Commandments says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And God says that not to hurt us, but to help us. David and Bathsheba. Listen, if you're here today and you're sending signals to someone or you're sending signals to someone's, any someone, anyone that will listen, and you're just sending signal after signal, you're so flirtatious, you're just constantly flirting, you're letting people know, you know, um, you're, you're, you're interested. Um, your, your marriage is kind of like friends, but you still are looking for benefits, and so what you do is you send signals. I'd like to say to you today, stop sending signals that will get you in trouble. Don't send them. That's step one. Psalm 51, by the way, write this down. Psalm 51. David, I hope we have time to come back to this. I, I've got some scripture I want to share with you today. But Psalm 51, David is pouring out his heart to God after he sinned. And when you repent, when you 
repentance, biblical repentance means that we're making a U-turn. We were going this way, but now we're going this way. So it's not just an apology. It's not like, I'm sorry, I got caught in the cookie jar. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, I got caught again in the cookie jar. I'm sorry, I got caught in the cookie jar. No, Psalm 51 is real, genuine, biblical repentance. I was wrong, and I'm brokenhearted because I see how my sin hurt you. And then I see how my sin has hurt other people. And and here's the lie. The lie about adultery is that you're not going to get hurt. You're not going to get found out. It's not going to hurt you. It's going to be a secret. No one will ever know. And yet the truth is, Scripture tells us, be sure your sin will find you out. In other words, your sin will tattletale on your butt. Your sin will tattletale on your tail. How about that? It'll tell on you. Be sure your sin will find you out. And Satan always paints the sails. But he always delivers the operation. And it will find you out. And when it finds you out, it's not cool anymore. You can lose your spouse. You can lose your children, your family. Forget the house and the car and the boat and all that stuff. You can lose the the very things that matter to you the most. And that's the truth. The truth is that those that you love, you will hurt the worst. So you don't want to go there. This just in review. There's some people you're here today for the first time, and I hope that I hope that you get this. Let's go to Luke 17. We're talking about how to repair the affair. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, if another who? Believer. So this text is really important. So watch yourselves. Be careful. Mom and dad, your kids are crossing the street. You're walking out of the grocery store or the mall, and they're a little bit ahead of you. And you look down, and all of a sudden you look up, and they're they're getting ready to walk into danger. Whether cars are coming or not, we want to train our kids, right, to look both ways. You don't just walk out. And so you say, stop. That's what this verse is saying. Stop. May have your attention. Emergency. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Now we say, well, no one's supposed to judge us. But listen. Right? And we take that one verse where it says, judge not, ye be not judged. And, and, and there's some truth to that. But there's also something called accountability with Christians where we are our brother's keeper. Cain killed Abel and God asked Cain about it. And Cain said, what, what, what? You think I'm my brother's keeper? I am my brother's keeper. He got it wrong. As a Christian, I am my brother's keeper. It doesn't mean I go around judging him, but it means I love him and I pray for him. And if I see my brother going off the cliff, I'm to yell, I'm to try to help him. And I'm to be there if he falls. Not with condemnation, but with recommendation. Not with just words, but with wisdom. So rebuke that person. Then, then, if there is repentance. Now, what's the next word? If there is what? If there's repentance, then we are to forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness, you, what's the next word? All right, listen to me. Unforgiveness leads to sickness. You ought to write that down. I'm studying um, Dr. Leaf right now. She's studying, or, or she's just, she's already studied. She knows so much about the brain. And, and we heard her at Catalyst, and, and I'm watching her DVDs, and, and, and just it's like amazing how God made us. It's crazy. And yet here's the thing. When we 
choose not to forgive, what we're doing is we're opening ourselves up for sickness, for physical sickness. Did you know that? Do you know that they studied the brain and they said like 85% of most sicknesses just come from right here, from right here, from right here. Maybe there's a reason why God said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath or on your anger. In other words, don't go to bed mad at each other. Maybe there's a reason why Jesus tells us to forgive. Because when we store anger, it ferments to what we call bitterness. And bitterness will bite you. And bitterness will hurt you. You. When you're angry at someone, and you want, you're, then you're in payback mode. Navarre, you hear me? And you're like, man, I, she wronged me, he wronged me, and, I'm gonna, and this happens in adultery. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what happens, though. As long as you hang on to the unforgiveness, it burns you. It's like picking up a hot coal from a grill where you were cooking barbecue because someone, your neighbor made you angry. So you think you're going to burn them. So you put your hand down into the red hot coals to throw one a distance to hopefully hit them. The problem is it never goes there. It only scars right here. Are you with me today? That's what unforgiveness does. And so even if this is not about adultery for you, maybe God has a message for you today that you need to forgive. You need to forgive to live. You cannot live the life God intended you to live if you do not forgive. Jesus came to give you life. And life he came to give us abundantly. But I'm telling you, the very thing that will choke out that life, the very weed that will grow and choke out the beauty of God's creation and God's life in our life is unforgiveness. So we have to choose to forgive. You must forgive. Why? Why must? I don't have to forgive him. I don't have to forgive her. He cheated on me. But why do you have to forgive? Because you will not be able to live. It's almost like as long as you don't forgive, you choose death. Now, we're going to talk about the whole process of forgiveness because here's what I want to tell you. Don't get mad at me. Some of you are like, well, yeah, but I mean, that's, it's, it's, not, it's not like, you know, some people think it's, it's like this. Let me paint a picture real quick. All right. I mean, like coffee. Anybody like Folgers? Anybody have Folgers this morning? Smells good. I'm not a coffee drinker, but it smells good. All right. They always said it would stunt your growth, so I never wanted that to happen. All right. Okay. Smells good. All right. Now, here's what we think when it comes to forgiveness. And I'm trying to speak fast today. I got so much ground to cover and I'm going to finish. Here's what we think. Here's the man. I'm the man. And I'm the princess. And they get married happily ever after. And they stand at the altar. And she, he's like, baby, you so fine. You blow my mind. And she's like, shut up and kiss me. He's like, shake it, baby. Don't break it. Take your mama nine months to make it. He is in love with this princess. And they get married, and he goes, he pulls down the, the garter, and he's like, man, them legs, baby. And they get married, and he leans down, and it's a perfect kiss, and they have an awesome 
wedding and their marriage sucks because they didn't prepare for it. And so now the son is not like this anymore. Now the son, they come home, they're yelling at each other, they're slamming doors, they're doing all that stuff. And here's what happens. I'm going to pick on the guy. Okay? What happens is the guy has adultery. He's like, yeah, he's on top of the world. And then all of a sudden, we'll get to this in just a minute. Then all of a sudden, he, I have a feeling I'm going to spill some coffee grounds here. Then all of a sudden, he either fesses up or he gets found out. Now, we know it can work both ways, right? And so what we think happens is this. He says, well, man, he's, he's been drowning in his sin, like quicksand. He's been going down in. He's just drowning. He's all covered up. You're at the beach. And here's a beautiful wife. Everything's perfect. She's just got a, she got her hair done. And then he, by the way, I've been here when this has happened. This is the operation side, not the sales side. And then he says, honey, or she says, honey, I've got something to tell you. Or he says, honey, I got something to tell you. And then all of a sudden, this is what happens. It's a complicated illustration. <laughs> I got to find the guy, make sure he's still alive. Then the guy's like, there we go. Bend those knees, sir. Then the guy is like, oh, yeah. He gets found out where he fesses up. And he's like, whoa, I feel better now. And who's buried? So she's got a lot of forgiving to do. How do you repair the affair when there seems like there's no air and you can't breathe? Can I get a couple guys up here to get this off? That would help me. And we want to save the coffee grounds. This is for the people that come to the 11 o'clock. I'm just kidding. I'm just going to give them fresh coffee. Thank you. Watch it. That will make you trip. Thank you, guys. Give it up for these, these incredible teammates of mine. All right. So some of you are out there and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This has happened to us. The pornography thing. And, and, and you're still struggling with the forgiveness for the pornography thing. And you're mad. And there's no trust. How, how do you rebuild trust? We're going we're gonna to get to that. How do you repair the affair? Get ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pretty quick here. You want to write this down. How do you repair the affair? Number one, number one, find out the truth. Find out the truth. You've got to have the truth. If you think he's cheating or she's cheating, get a private investigator. Most of them won't take the case unless you have evidence. But you need to know the truth. Find out the truth. Then you take the truth to someone that you trust. That's very important. You don't need to put on Facebook. Let me just heal some people here today. Throwing up on Facebook does you no good. And all momentum says... I just, just want to throw it out. I had nothing to do with the message. I just came to me. It's free. All right? Here's two signs that your spouse is, might be cheating, that your spouse might be cheating. Number one, there's an unexplainable change of mood. Unexplainable change of mood. I think you ought to work out. I think you ought to work out. I think you ought to take care of your body, your temple. I think you ought to do that. But when you do that, I think you need to be careful. 
think you need to be careful. Some people go to the gym looking for an affair. Some people go to the gym looking for that. And they might be better at seducing than you are at saying no. By the way, do you know what changes that? Getting in the word of God. See, when we spend time with the Lord, when we spend time with the Lord, in your presence, there is joy. Someone say joy. So when we spend time alone with God, in God's word, worshiping him, you ought to worship God. You ought to sing to God. Don't let Sunday be the only time you sing God songs. Sing to God, man. We're going to do it later. Let's do it now and later. Sing to the king is what I'm talking about. And so you worship him. And when you get in the word and when you spend time with God, then in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. So when the enemy comes, you say, no, no, no. I already picked up the shield of faith. I already picked up the sword of the spirit this morning. And I chose to wield these weapons at all times in the power of almighty God, wherever I'm at. Get behind me, Satan. Because I'm ready for a fight. I got the word of God, and you don't like that. You got to go. It's like a cockroach when the light comes on. It flees. That's what the enemy does. The enemy flees when the light comes on. Are you with me? I'm having fun. You having fun? I'm just trying to preach. Number one, unexplainable change of mood. Number two, they just don't care. They just don't care. So in other words, they, they begin to um, tolerate intolerable behavior. Nothing matters anymore. Things that they just don't care. They're checked out. You know, I would say you need to find out the truth, number one. Number two, you need to fess up or you're going to get found out. Fess up or found out. I've been on this side of the, on both sides of the fence more than once. And it's way better to fess up than for him to come home or her to come home and, and that significant other is in his bed or her bed and they walk in. I've had many friends that that's rocked their world. Confess or get caught. Let's talk about how do you confess an affair. Number one, you need to have friends there on both sides. You need to have friends there. Do not do this with you and her do not do this with just you and him at the house. Now, pride says we tell nobody. And pride goes before destruction. But confession, confession leads the way to forgiveness. You can't forgive if there's no fessing up. Are you with me? So, number two, hold on. They're going to need to work through their feelings because of the betrayal. And it's going to take time to process. In other words, you're not going to dump, hey, I've been having an affair for the last two or three years. And here goes the dump truck, the visual. And the other spouse is just buried. They're buried. And now what are they supposed to do? Say, well, I forgive you in Jesus' name. Go and sin no more. Probably not going to happen, even if they really, 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 really love Jesus. They, uh, a knife or gun might be involved. Don't do it alone. The truth is this. Men are more violent when they're finding out in about a, an affair than the women are. So do not do this alone. Listen, there's an explosion. You have to realize that some of you, God's going to use you. You've gone through an affair. God's going to use you to allow other people to help and bless other people who have experienced one. Because God never wastes anything. He never wastes our pain. 
He takes our pain and he changes it for our gain. Because all things work together for good. Doesn't say all things are good. Just says all things work together for good. To those who love him. To those who are the called according to his purpose. Are you called this morning to his purpose? Do you know his purpose for your life? Are you living towards the purpose? Or are you just existing? There will be an explosion. There will be anger. Remember, anger means danger. Anger is just anger with a D in front of it. Anger got a D and it's danger. Anger leads to danger. Then there's name calling and yelling and cursing and rage. Listen to what Proverbs 6, 29 through 35 says. So it is with a man who sleeps with another man's wife. He who embraces her will not go, next word, unpunished. Excuses, whoop, I see a you in excuse. You know, I was going to use that, did you? I just I ripped that right off. Thank you, Vanessa. By the way, you know how God helps me with sermons? I study ahead of time and prepare ahead of time, but it's almost like um, you're, you're, you're putting oil in the vehicle. Y'all help me out. What is the thing that you first want to put before you put the oil in the vehicle? What do you put? A funnel? Spout? I think I heard somebody. Yeah, the funnel. What God does is in my life, God just pours. And even during this week, God's pouring into it. And then out comes the message. So I study and I prepare and I get ready. But then God adds things to the mix. And it comes in in perfect timing. Isn't God good? God's so good. He who embraces her will not go unpunished. Why? Because there's a you and excuse. Excuses might be found for a thief who steals because he's starving. But if he's caught, he must pay back seven times what he stole. If he has to sell everything in his house, even if he has to sell everything in his house. But the man who commits adultery, are you listening to VAR? Are you listening online? Listen to this. God speaks pretty plain here. Pretty bold. Pretty powerful words. And he's not trying to be politically correct. He's trying to keep you from falling off the edge. And he says, but the man who commits adultery is an utter fool. Why is he a fool? For he destroys, next word, himself. He will be wounded and disgraced. No wonder why God says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Because God doesn't want you wounded. He was wounded, so you don't have to be. He was crucified and carried your sins and my sins, so we didn't have to carry them. He will be wounded and disgraced. And God's not into disgrace. He's into grace. No wonder why a loving God, no wonder why a loving creator would say, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Why? Because he cares for you. Because he cares for me. He will be wounded and disgraced. His shame will never be erased. For the woman's jealous husband will be, what's the next word? Furious. Right in your Bible, explosion. Pretty sure that's what the Hebrew means. And he will show no mercy. I've seen people, I never heard them say a cuss word in their life till they found out their spouse cheated. And then I heard cuss words I never heard before. It's uncontrollable. The rage and the anger. Why? Because they were hurt. He will accept no compensation nor be satisfied with a payoff of any 
size. What God is saying is even if you had a million dollars, I can't remember the name of the movie. Maybe some of y'all remember, remember the husband and the wife. This is a long time ago. Patrick Swayze, maybe I, I can't remember, but, but they, Michael Douglas, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're married and they're broke. And so he allows his wife, right, to have an affair with a very wealthy man, right? And then he tries to get her back. What was it? Indecent proposal. You bunch of sinners, you. I was baiting you. I'm just teasing. I'm so joking. I'm so joking. So joking. Man, that story, like, it came right out of the Bible. God ought to sue them. They plagiarized. It's right here. That's what God's saying. What happened to you? You think the money will be worth it? You think all this? No, no, no. That's sales. Welcome to operations. Oh, my God. Number three, fast break. March Madness, number three, fast break. How do you repair an affair? Number three, fast break. You need time apart to heal your heart. You need to make a fast break. You don't need to stay in the house because your anger is going to lead to danger. You don't need to go to jail because of an affair. Get out. Send him out. Send, send her out. Send him out. Do something, but somebody got to go. You need time apart to heal your heart. You need a fast break. Number four, you need to find a Christian counselor. Don't find a counselor because a counselor is not going to counsel you in the ways of God. Thank you, mom. Or de- One of my relatives back there. Cla- I'm just kidding. They're not here. Thank you, whoever clapped. By the way, I, we, I remember last week, Navarre, remember we had a teaching moment, right? You, you remember this, right? Right in the middle of the message, I'm going to have a teaching moment right now in Gulf Breeze. You ready? Here we go. Okay, Gulf Breeze, here's a teaching moment about our culture, who we are and who we're not. We're not that dead church. We're alive. We're not a monument. We're a movement. So when we clap, we don't just clap. When we clap, we clap, right? So let's try that again one more time. That's how we do it. Love the Wahoos, but I'm not going to give them my best. I'm going to give God my best. Thank you. I'm going to sit back down. Got to get back to the notes. Trying to stay on time. By the way, we have a Christian counselor. You need to go to Molly Casper. Momentum has made her very wealthy because we're the church where no perfect people are allowed. Isn't that awesome? So we have imperfect people come here. And we all go see Molly. You need to go see Molly. Go ahead and go like this to somebody next to you. Go ahead and give them the little elbow. Go ahead, do it. Don't sit there. Give them the elbow right now. Mm. You need to go see Molly. You need to go see Molly. Molly Casper, some of you want to write this down. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And she is filled with God. And she's competent. I like both. I like both. There's her number, 850-889-1119. Listen, do not feel bad for writing this down. Don't feel like... <laughs> don't, don't, no, no, no. We all need counseling. Counseling is like changing your oil. You either go to counseling or you have a meltdown. The engine stops working. And then it costs you a lot more. So, well, I don't have, here's an excuse. And remember, there's a, you an excuse. Well, we just don't got money for counseling. But you're going to have money for divorce, right? Because that's really cheap. 
I can't hear you, Navarre. Find a Christian counselor. Number five. Are we having fun yet? Number five, forsake. You need to forsake. You need to get out of it. Stop having the affair. You need to wake up and smell the coffee. It's not going to end well. But the problem is, listen to me. Here's the problem with sin. Sin schools you. Sin deceives you. That, I, I saw this on Facebook with a guy, um, my neighbor, Darren's in, in um, Navarre right now. But I, he showed me this thing where a guy was cleaning in his garage and he saw a mouse. So he set his phone up, put it on video, put a trap out, put the cheese on it. And he literally filmed the mouse eating the cheese, enjoying the cheese, going to mouse heaven. So he's still in his house or in his garage and he's clean. And here comes this mouse. And you're watching this little mouse. Starts nibbling. Mm, that's good. Take some more. He's like, dude, what a, what a lucky guy I am. This is great. And then he's like. It didn't go well. Aren't you glad I don't drink coffee? Aren't you glad I don't drink coffee? Who knows what might happen? You need to forsake the cheese. Forsake it. Look at what the scripture says. Proverbs 28, 13. People who conceal, that means secret. People who conceal their sins. By the way, bad things grow in dark places. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. God is saying this. Not a politician, so we know it's true. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Forsake while there's time. Number six, you need to forgive to live. I already mentioned this. You need to forgive to live. A couple things here real quick. Complete forgiveness requires complete confession. You can't have forgiveness without the truth. And you can't forgive someone if you don't know what they've done. You can't have forgiveness without the truth. You can't forgive your spouse if you don't know what they've done. Now, there's three responses. By the way, I studied this this summer. I, I've got this book. I read this. I listened to Family Life Today where they had Dave Carter on there. This is where I got just about all of this material because I'm not a Christian counselor. People come to me for counseling, and I introduce them to Molly. Trust me, you don't want me to counsel you. I tell you what the Bible says, I'd help you. But a Christian counselor has some tools I don't have, and that's okay because I'm not Superman. I'm just part of the body of Christ, and all the body of Christ is needed, and it's appreciated. So I refer people to Molly. But this book, and Dave Carter, who wrote this book, he had a couple, couple pastors that he watched have an affair and then leave their family. And he said, that's it. So he went back to school, and he said, one day, I'm going to write a book that will help people not do it. Well, do it. Just do it in the marriage bed. But not do it, like the affair. I'm going to do that so they don't do it. And hurt themselves. So he wrote this book. And I recommend this book. Torn Asunder. Recovering from Extramarital Affair. We're talking about forgiveness here. 
And there's a couple different responses. Number one, your spouse can say yes. Number two, they can say, no, I don't forgive you. Or yes, I do. Or number three, they say, I can't forgive you right now. But I'm going I'm to, with Jesus' help, I'm going to work on it. But I'm not there right now, just so you know. By the way, you know, I've been when people have confessed, when they've gotten found out in adultery, and it never is what the movies make it look like. In fact, it makes strong men weak. And it makes beautiful women broken. Whoever, listen, if your spouse cheated on you and you're finding out, maybe that's where you're at right now in your marriage. The spouse who did not cheat needs to control the information. If you're not ready to handle all the details, then you don't need all the details. So what I would say is, the infidel or as the Bible calls him, the adulterer, needs to confess the sin, but only give the details that the spouse has asked for. Does that make sense? I'm not saying try to keep any part of it a secret. I'm just saying don't dump the truck all at once. Once you say I've cheated on you, the dump truck is dumped. And it's going to take a time, it's going to take a while for it to flush. Forgiveness doesn't just happen like this. In other words, if it took three years getting into that affair, then you need to give your spouse three years to forgive you. Forgiveness, it means you're going to have to forgive every day. How many know what I'm talking How many ever been really hurt? I'm not talking about just adultery, but you've been deeply hurt. How many know that you had to ask Jesus to help you forgive? It wasn't just one day, because then the next day you woke up angry. Anger boomerangs. Thank you all for your patience, really trying to help some people. By the way, I just want to give a shout out to Jesus, Father God, and the Holy Spirit. I'm taking my son to school this week, and a man's staring at me. It's Thursday morning. I see him. He's smiling. I smile. I say, hey, how you doing? And then he grabs my hand. He shakes my hand, and he says, he says, I've been porn free for 16 days. Yay, God. There are women standing all around us, and this guy was set free. He didn't care. He said, I've been set free for 16 days, porn free. He said, and you know what? He said, this is this for the first time in my life. He said, I've been coming to Momentum Church for like three weeks, and it's changed my life. Praise God. Got to forgive to live. Three responses, yes, no, yes, but not right now. By the way, listen to me, and I got to counsel a little bit with a family this week. Here's the bigger picture. The affair is not the most important thing. That's, that's what we focus on, but we need to focus on the marriage. How healthy was the marriage? And I know it takes one person in that marriage to cheat, but how many know that both people in a marriage aren't perfect? How many know that both marriage partners can lead for that marriage to deteriorate? So if one spouse isn't giving the affirmation and the adoration and the accommodation, then, then we got to get that right so this doesn't happen again. So I say the affair is not the most important thing, but rather what kind of marital history do you have? Here are three crucial steps that the adulterer needs to take. Number one, identify what you did. Number one, this is huge. Identify what you did. Number two is really important. Identify why you did it. Because if you don't know why you did it, you're going to do it again. 
Why did you do that? In other words, someone might say to their spouse when they realize why they did it, that the truth is, the truth is, I just, I was not feeling very much like a, like a guy. I mean, I'm not blaming you. It's not your fault I cheated, but you know, and I know we've been fighting for years and there had been respect. And, and so this woman over here just restarted respecting me and, and that felt good. And I started liking it. And, and the truth is, by the way, the truth is most of the time when affairs happen, you don't affair up, you affair down. Most of the time you don't have an affair because of sex. So you have an affair because she was smoking hot or he was like, wow, check out that six pack. That's not normally how it happens. Normally when affair happens, many times the one you cheat with is not as beautiful as the one you have. You need to hear that today. Because Satan blinds and he deceives. He makes sales smell really good. And then he welcomes you to operations. So true. Three responses. Three crucial steps. Identify what you did, why you did what you did. And number three, here's, here's very, this is so important. In fact, this is the secret sauce. This is the secret ingredient to rebuilding trust. Identify how you hurt your spouse. Identify how you hurt your spouse. Because when you confess what you did, all of a sudden you feel a lot lighter. Why? Because that's, that's the blessing of confession. That's how you dump guilt is you confess. The problem is with an affair is you, dump, you dump your guilt, but then all of that falls on your spouse. And it takes some time to process that the adulterer must understand the pain that they caused their spouse. They, they have to understand that. And as long as the one who was betrayed feels that their spouse doesn't understand how they hurt them, forgiveness is impossible. Listen to me. That truth right there is enough. If that's all you hear today, that truth is enough to help set you free. As long as the spouse who did not cheat, as long as that spouse who is betrayed feels like their spouse doesn't understand how you hurt me, you don't understand how you hurt me, forgiveness is impossible. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says, get rid of all bitterness, get rid of all rage, get rid of all anger, get rid of all harsh words, get rid of all slander. Slander is you're going to work and you're telling the ladies you work with what a creep he is. What a creep she is. Get rid of all slander as well as all types of evil behavior. An affair doesn't give you the right to go have an affair. I thought that might get something. That's how the world thinks. The world thinks you did that to me. Fine. Screw you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. That's fine. I'm going to take care of myself. That's what the world says to do. That's what they serve. Jesus says, no, it's a better way. Instead, so you get rid of all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Unforgiveness, I said earlier, will lead to sickness. That's a great reason if you don't even, if you're here today, you don't even believe in Jesus. That is a medic, medically proven true statistic that ought to just help you let it go. 
Forgive. Cancel the debt. You don't owe me anymore. But the scripture here tells us, why do we forgive? We forgive because he forgives. I forgive because he's forgiven me. Not once. Not twice. Not three times. Not seven times. How many know he's probably already forgiven me seven times today? And number seven, lastly, how do you repair an affair? You focus on building trust. You got to rebuild trust. Trust takes a long time. You know this if you have teenagers. Trust takes a long time to build and a quick second to destroy. Trust takes a long time to build and a quick second to destroy. You can, listen, I've helped couples that have been married for 25 years and then one of them cheats and the trust that was there for 25 years is not there anymore. Trust is fragile. Hold it carefully. How do you rebuild trust? It starts with you. It's consistent behavior over time. Consistent behavior over time. Consistent behavior over time. God gives us grace. Thank you, Lord. Grace is when God treats us like we don't deserve. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. It's, it's, it's God. Listen, but trust takes time. Trust is earned. God will give it in a second once you confess. But us humans aren't built that way. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. All praise to God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father. Someone say amen. And the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. What am I saying today? If you've experienced an affair, I'm so sorry. If you're getting ready to find out that your spouse has cheated, I'm so sorry. But what I'm saying is Jesus can redeem everything. And when Jesus baptizes us in his grace, he erases every mistake. It's gone when his grace pours over us and his love and his forgiveness. And Jesus can take the wrong thing that happened and he can make it right. There's a couple right now getting ready to launch a church in Indianapolis, Indiana. He was a senior pastor. He was a church planner. Their church was booming. He got up, said, hey, this land has come available. And and in a few weeks, we need to raise a a, a million dollars. How would you like me to come and say that on a Sunday morning? Let's do it. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. See, you've been here a while. Jesus changed your life here, hadn't he, Kyle? Amen. Let's do it. And you know what? He says, we need a million dollars. They, they raised $2 million. And he's talking to all these church planners, and all, we're all like, holy crap. That's awesome. And he's talking about how him and his wife are standing up. They look like a million bucks, and they're talking about how Jesus was doing so much at their church. And then the next words out of his mouth said, and then I had an affair. And I'm telling you, you could have heard a, a needle drop. And he, I don't think they said anything for the next minute. And it was just like. The cool thing is they went through hell. And then God brought them back. 
God delivered him from the snare because of his grace. And this is many years. This isn't like last year thing. This is like they went through the process of healing. And now God's using them to help other couples. And they've, God's been using them to help other couples that is, have experienced this. What I'm telling you today is that God can take your pain and use it for your gain. You need to, a few things left here. Listen, if you have cheated, if you have cheated, whether it was here, looking and lusting, God says that's cheating. In fact, God calls that adultery. So I guess we're all cheaters. Or whether you've had emotional affair here, or whether you've had a physical affair here, God can forgive you and redeem you. But if you're the one that has cheated, let me give you a couple hints real quick. Number one, you don't you need to be very predictable. No surprises. Let's say you work. You work with this person. You work a late night shift. You don't need to surprise your wife, you know, or you work an early morning shift or, or an afternoon shift. You see him at the school. You don't need to surprise your husband or your wife with something. Then it's too late. You need to be very predictable. If you're in the path of that other person, it might be time to get a new job. But we might lose our house. House or family, you decide. Number two, let them know ahead of time. You need to let them know ahead of time. In other words, if you know, as, as, if you were the one that cheated, it's not good to come th- home three hours late because you decided to go shoot your, your pistol. But you didn't tell her, you didn't tell him. You're just going to go shopping for three hours. He doesn't know where you're at. You need to let them know ahead of time. And number three, you need to keep your word. You need to be honest. You need to keep your word. That's how you rebuild trust. God can leverage, write this down, would you, all caps. God can love, or excuse me, God can leverage your misery to become your ministry. God can leverage your misery to become your ministry. Here's the takeaway. Want what you have. Want what you have. Want what you have. You see, marriages need what affairs are all about. They need the admiration, the accommodation. They need the affection. They need all those. Don't wait till it's too late. They need that. They need the spontaneity. They need the surprises. Husband, surprise your wife. Don't just wait for a birthday or anniversary or or, uh, what would be another good one? Valentine's Day? 362 other days of the year that are perfect to love your spouse. Love your spouse. Spend money on your spouse. Surprise your spouse with good things, not bad things. Surprise them. Maybe send flowers to work. Let, that's a great way, by the way, to let everyone know she's taken. That's a great way to let the other ladies that he works with know that he's your man. And you love him. And thou shalt not. 
because he's yours and you're his. Are you with me today? Now, we've got a video, and I don't have time to show it. I really want to show it because Nate works so hard on this film. But we, we don't got time. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to post it online. I want you to watch it online. It, it was the story of Scott and Krista that we showed last week, but part of the healing journey. And it's powerful. And so I'm going to close, and I would just encourage you to go today and to watch that as we exit this series. So important.